Welcome to Relief. Welcome to this talk about the Kesa. I'm Taigu and uh, I've been sewing all day actually. <laughs> about maybe eight hours of sewing and the result is over there. Check. You see, this is a Funzo He. So it's a kind of um, ceremonial way of making the Kesa. It's used for ordinations and stuff like that. So what I did is I collected various fabrics from Japan and I put them together like a sort of patchwork following exactly the same pattern as uh, as you would do with a normal material. So I'm busy doing this in preparation for the for the uh, retreat in December because that's what I want to wear when I uh, ordain uh, sewing. Okay, um, today I'd like to talk to you about the fabric of the Kesa and its significance. But before I, I get there, I'd like to read just a small portion of Kesakudoku, the very famous chapter. There are two chapters in Shobogendo that are dealing with uh, the Kesa, but this one is the most comprehensive one and it's also then here is a draft, and regarded as being the draft, and Kesakudoku is the actual lectured, lecture, he, the transcription of the lecture Dogen uh, gave. And in that lecture, he, he says the following, which I find very interesting. Mm, just listen. We should make the Kesaya properly according to the method for making the Kesaya that has been authentically transmitted by the Buddhist patriarchs. This alone is the authentic tradition. And so it has long been experienced and recognized by all common and sacred beings, human beings and gods and dragons and spirits. Having been born to meet the spread of this Dharma, if we cover our body with the Kesaya only once, only once, Receiving it and retaining it for just Aksana or Muhulta, that experience will surely serve as a talisman to protect us in the realization of the supreme state of body. When we die the body and mind with a single phrase or a single verse, it becomes a seed of everlasting brightness which finally leads us to the supreme state of body. When we die the body and mind with one real Dharma or one good deed, it may be also like this. Mental images arise and vanish instantaneously. They are without an abode. The physical body also arises and vanishes instantaneously. It too is without an abode. Nevertheless, the merit that we practice always as its time of ripening and shedding. Kesaya, similarly, is beyond elaboration or beyond non-elaboration. It is beyond having an abode and beyond having no abode. It is that which Buddhas alone, together with Buddha, perfectly realize.
um, Dogen sound pretty positive, <laughs> to say the least, about this um, pile of fabric sewn together. So, what is it? Where does it come from? Now, the legend has it that one day Shakyamuni was walking with Ananda and Shakyamuni was told by Ananda that listen, we, we, we are doing something really, really extremely valuable and special and we are, we are different from other yogi and, and, and Brahman and, and we have no, no sign to show who we are so if we wear a garment, if we wear a robe that would make us different, stand out. What would it be like? And the story says that the Buddha just pointed at the field, at the rice, the paddy field around, and the, the birds singing, and the mountains and the clouds, and he said, it should look like this. And just what Ananda caught was this paddy field, this sort of squarey shape sewn together by by earth, mud, and he just got that pattern and sewn the first robe, presented to Buddha, and Buddha was very happy. That's one of the original founding stories. There are others, of course, but the point I want to make here is that for sure the Buddha meant we are dressed and wrapped with all things. We are actually, we have the whole universe as our robe. But he meant also that that reality which is before us and that reality that we are is our own kesa, this broken reality, this reality in rags. For rags are very much, if you read Shobogenzo in the tradition, rags are the primary substance of this great garment, this great robe. So, rags. What, what rags? Well, of course you may look carefully at the text and we'll look at it later, mentioning um, fabric chewed by oxes and animals or soiled by human activity, blood, um, that's kind of thing. Of course, but it also means our life, which is very much in pieces. When we look at our life, we can see how much we, we struggled, we failed, we tried. We are so complex with all our attempts to, to do things, to achieve things. We have a personality that has so many faces. We are many, we're not one. There's the, the teacher, there's the worker, there's the, the husband, the brother, the son, the sister, the daughter. We are all these roles. We are all these faces. And actually, the rags we pick up, are these rags our life?
our life in pieces. And we're not actually mending it, we're just putting it together. So we're giving it time and attention. And we sew these rags together. And symbolically, what we do is that we transform this not always so happy reality into the activity of Buddha. Just like we put that body of flesh and illusion and delusion and through sitting it instantly become one ways as it is now. So the activity of sewing is sewing rags. The best fabric is rags. Of course rags symbolically refer to what I mentioned and practically could be just all stuff like this that you cut and put together and you get a sort of very nice um, pattern of a patchwork. But the problem of uh, that kind of rags is it's very fragile, extremely difficult to, to work with. And um, so I would recommend you to always use new fabric. Because the point is not actually to, to stick to rags, to be romantic about I've been using my old knickers, I've been using my old sheets, whatever. It's just, it doesn't make sense, really. Just just use what, what, what you come across. Don't be too picky, too choosy. Um, but remember that the true matter that makes the case up is your life. That, that's, that's it. That's what it's made of. So, beautiful or not, is not the issue. Perfect or not, is not the issue. Now, we have an issue, and we'll see that later, with color, for instance. Particularly if you you wear it as a, as a young priest. Or, or, but in a new style, very, very few colors are forbidden. As I might just say it again, Yohe was this tradition which was created mostly by uh, Sawaki Roshi and, and he, he, he just went to, into the work of Jun Sonja and uh, visited his, his old temple in, 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 in Osaka, Osaka Prefecture and, and then looked at the Kesa, which I'm going to do very soon actually. Um, but looking at this collection of Kesa Jun Sonja made, hundreds of them, and his pattern, he was inspired to recreate that tradition, rather than just following the, the rules of the Sotoshu at the time. So to cut a long s story short, to cut that fabric of the story, to cut the fabric of the Kesa, to cut your life into a whole, and sew it into a whole Kesa, is our practice. <laughs> it's a wonderful practice. It makes your fingers bleed sometimes, <laughs> particularly if you are clumsy, like me. <laughs> it also it's not too good for your back or for your neck if you get tense and, uh, and over, over focused. So uh, it's also a, a good practice of non-doing, but I'm afraid to say that like my old teacher would say that after nine hours of sewing today, 
No. I mean, I haven't practiced really non doing. <laughs> it doesn't feel like that. My back sings to me now. <laughs> okay, so I talk to you later again about the case. Uh, but meanwhile, remember rags. A way to change, to turn rags into the, the most important and the highest fabric in the world, which is a process of alchemy, basically. That's what we are all doing here. Take great care and enjoy your sewing. You're not the only one. I know there's many of you doing it all over the place, so uh, speak to you next time and we'll look at the, I think, dyeing process and the colors next time. Okay? Take care. Bye bye.